Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Appreciate you checking out the show. I'm your host, Joel Silverberg. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or on Spotify, thank you so much for taking the time to check out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. We finally have games to recap. We have more games to preview and it's going to be a blast all season long. So let's get right into it. First off, want to thank everybody that was able to make it out to opening night. And it, it's always pretty interesting with attendance during the Ice Bear season because obviously Tennessee football, Tennessee athletics, that's king when it comes to the city of Knoxville. High school football's gotten bigger and bigger in this area. And so for those first few Fridays during the start of the season, everybody's kind of you know, really focused on football season or getting ready for basketball season. It's all understandable. If, if you're a big baseball fan, maybe you're worried about fall ball, you're paying attention to the playoffs, but it, it was so awesome to see the crowd that we had. I mean, we, we've got great crowds throughout the course of the year, but we had almost 4,300 people in attendance for opening night, uh, which, which is more than we had last year. And last year we had a phenomenal turnout on opening night. We had a blast on opening night a year ago, but Man, oh man, the, the crowd, the, the volume of the crowd, the number of the crowd, the atmosphere, Ice Bears Nation, you guys showed up. We really appreciate UT Athletics for sending a bunch of Tennessee football and basketball players over. Kelly Harper, Lady Vols basketball head coach, came out and dropped the puck. What an incredible opening night. And on top of that, it, it wasn't even just the, you know, just the crowd. We had three fights on the ice. Knoxville rallied and scored Three goals in the third period, had a monster goal at the end of the second period to get back in the game and ultimately came away with a come-from-behind win against Evansville. And so it it's it was just so awesome to see. And so on behalf of the Ice Bears organization, I, I think I can speak for everybody in the office when I say we're, we're so thankful for Ice Bears Nation showing up and showing out on what was such a fun way to start the season. And... There's there's so many things that you're trying to work out at the start of the year. You got new staff members figuring out new roles. Game operations is different. You're you know working for the first time in the NIL era where we have Tennessee athletes coming out to participate in the festivities. You want to make sure that's all taken care of, and it, you know you're you're testing out new equipment. You've got new players, a whole new staff. There's a new production company that was running the the Jumbotron and the video board and, and handling a lot of the operations from a technical side of things. Of course, it was our first game with our new flagship station, 105.1 WKCE. Just so many new things that were a part of opening night. And it, it really just seemed like everything worked really well. And, you know, we, we know as a staff that there are things that we're going to improve upon throughout the course of the year. But, man, oh, man, opening night went about as well as we could have asked for. And the crowd was such a big part of that. It was so cool to be able to hear just the volume of the crowd increase during the fights, during the goals, and just hear the roar of the crowd during the big plays. Uh, Kyler Matthews had a monster hit on Connor Cook uh, in, in the in the second period. And just, it, it was a great atmosphere. And everything went well. 
Thank you so much, Ice Bears Nation, for making opening night so awesome. I hope it's a sign of things to come for the upcoming season, especially when the team is playing at home because we've had so many players that have played at other SPHL teams and then have come here. And you heard Justin McDonald talk about it during the intermission report on Friday. The, the, Knoxville's the eighth SPHL team that he's played for. And he said he's always hated playing against Knoxville in Knoxville because the crowd's right on top of you. The atmosphere's crazy. And he was so relieved to finally be on the other side of it. And he comes out and scores a goal in his first game as an ice bear. And it was really cool. So we'll, we'll talk more about the, the actual games itself. But I just wanted to say thanks to everybody in Ice Bears Nation for making opening night so special. And I hope we have more great nights like that including coming up this Friday night as the Ice Bears get ready for Medieval Night and the Costume Parade as they'll take on Fayetteville coming up Friday night at 7.35. So let's get started with opening night. October 21st, last Friday, Knoxville starts off a little bit slow. I think you had some new skaters that were gripping the sticks a little bit tight, and you, you heard Brent Clark talk about that in the pregame interview on Saturday. But Christian Stead looked really solid in net. The only goals that he gave up were from quick shots off of passes behind the net where maybe there was a little bit too much time given to allow Evansville to work in the Knoxville zone. Really tough to kind of blame those two goals on the goalie. You'd like him to be able to get one of them, but at the same time, that's something that Brent Clark wants to be able to take away. Don't let opposing offenses operate from behind the net, especially for an extended period of time. Um, Aaron Huffnagel had a really good pass to set up Brendan Harrogate with with his goal. And so I, I think for... For Knoxville, it was a matter of overcoming all of that and being able to get back and really sink their teeth into the game for that third period. Justin McDonald, massive power play goal off that one-timer, the pass from Dino Balsamo. McDonald hits the one-timer from the right circle, beats Hank Johnson, who had played really well leading up to that point before Knoxville really started to overwhelm Evansville in the third period. And that got Knoxville back into the game. Cole McKechnie's shot, my gosh, from the left circle, didn't have much of an angle, didn't really seem to have a whole lot to work with. He had a screen working in front, and, and you know, you, shooters like to utilize those screens when they've got a defender right in front of him, but I didn't think McKechnie had much of a lane to shoot, and not only did he get the shot off, but that angle to get it over Johnson's left shoulder, th that was really solid. That was a great shot, a great goal, and then Brady Florent doing Brady Florent things with clutch goals against Evansville in the third period. Stop me if you've heard that before. Scored twice to be able to put Knoxville ahead for good. Uh, and Dino Balsamo, man, had to had to give him a little bit of a ribbing when we got on the bus the next day to go to Evansville. Misses that empty net goal by hitting the post. And, uh, you know, he, he said he's he's got goals for himself to, to be able to score more and score a lot. And he was like, man, it would have been nice to have gotten an easy one in game one. But, uh, you know, he got the win. That's all that matters. And that's what he was excited about. And uh, it was it was a great opening night for Knoxville. Stead made 23 saves. I don't think the shot count's correct. I felt like Stead faced a lot more shots throughout the course of the game than uh, what that stat is going to say. But, uh, you know, either way, it's a win for Christian Stead as he comes back from a really solid rookie season, a good start to year number two. And then all the all the fights, the hits, Kyler Matthews get, gets into two bouts, kind of took a hit from behind that he wasn't too happy about, thought it could have been boarding, thought it could have been some sort of penalty. Instead, it leads to a fight, so Matthews is gone for five minutes with Harrogate. And then later, Kyler Matthews goes at it again after Hayden Holton chases him down after Matthews supplies a really big hit on Connor Cook. And it's as clean of a hit as you can get. I, I mean... Matthews lowers the shoulder, 
gets low, drives it right into Connor Cook's chest and just lifts him off the ice. And Cook was slow to get up, you know, continued to play and finish the rest of the game. But, man, oh, man, that was a a monster hit from Matthews and absolutely clean. I, I don't blame Holton for going after Matthews for a hit like that. I think that's sometimes a question that I get asked. Like, well, why, why are they fighting if that's a clean hit? Well, it, sometimes it doesn't matter if it's a clean hit. If a guy takes a clean hit, you still have to be able to go in and stand up for a teammate in some situations to let an opponent know, hey, we're not going to let you guys just hit us around all night long. Um, that's actually kind of a situation that that led to Rasmus Wax and Engback's injury last year. Brady Florent gets a hit on a, on a clean hit, but kind of gets blindsided at the same time right in front of the Knoxville bench. None of the other bigger guys are on the ice at that time, so Wax and Engback does what a teammate kind of has to do. He goes in and he goes and fights somebody, ends up unfortunately suffering a hand injury, and that's just one of the unfortunate side effects of getting into a fight like that. But that's the that's the situation where it's at. It's not a matter of it's if it's a clean hit. Casey Kolcheski talked about that in one of our pregame interviews last season about getting into a fight after somebody had laid a hit on Jason Price. And he said, look, the hit was clean, but we can't just let opposing teams go and attack our leaders like that. So it's it's the culture of the sport. It was a clean hit by Matthews. Holton decided, I'm going to go after and engage in a fight. Matthews dropped the mitts. It was a pretty good tilt. Both skaters went down. They both traded some pretty good blows, and the crowd got into it. And, you know, the momentum, I think, started to really shift in Knoxville's favor. McDonald gets that big goal right there at the end of the second period. Knoxville did the rest as the third period progressed with three unanswered goals in the final 13 minutes. So Knoxville shifts gears. They hit the bus early Saturday morning and head up to Evansville to complete the home-and-home series. And this was kind of where things got a little weird. We found out after the team had left for Evansville that a suspension was being reviewed for what was called by the league an illegal hit that was unpenalized against Ryan Devine. And it was a hit in the near side corner uh, during the game in the second period and watching the live shot of the hit, a, a, the camera kind of pans away very quickly. Now, the replay camera got it. So there's the the replay of the hit that goes and shows the hit. Divine goes in. His arms are up and his stick's high, but he doesn't appear to make contact. It appears to be a chest-to-shoulder hit, seemingly, that Divine just goes in and tries to lay a body check onto the Evansville skater. It didn't appear that there was anything egregious. What what was also kind of odd, to me anyway, is typically when these sort of hits are, or these sort of things are issued or handed down or a suspension is handed down, usually the penalty is indicated even if the call was unpenalized. So for example, so-and-so is being served a one-game suspension for an unpenalized cross-checking or an unpenalized slashing. Well, the press release handed down by the SPHL just said an unpenalized hit. Thought that was a little bit odd, and also... Knoxville was not notified of the suspension or the possibility of the suspension until after the team had left the bus. Now, the reason why that's significant is because typically for these one-day road trips, when you think you have your roster available to you, you sometimes just don't have room to bring extra guys on the bus. And so the guys that didn't dress out for Friday are the guys that didn't board the bus on Saturday with the exception of Tom Auburn filling in for Christian Stead. So Stead got the night in goal. Uh, on Friday and then got the night off for Saturday. So he didn't dress. Jimmy Parita served as the backup. Auburn got the start after not dressing the previous night. So Joe Kennedy and Elijah Wilson are left back in Knoxville 
simply because of space on the bus. And, you know, to be fair to Knoxville, at the thought of leaving Knoxville on Saturday morning, the thought was that they weren't going to need an extra skater. So Knoxville's notified that defenseman Ryan Devine is going to be suspended. Knoxville's left with five defensemen. I, I don't think it's the reason Knoxville lost the game. I thought fatigue set in as the game wore on. But ultimately, there were some breakdowns that Knoxville could have been better about. And I think Brent Clark understands that and is going to reevaluate. And I don't think you're going to blame the loss on it. But it certainly would have been nice in a tight game, especially when you saw Evansville dominating shots on goal. They had 43 shots on goal in that game, dominated puck possession, especially in the first 20 minutes. I mean, Evansville had 14 shots on goal before Knoxville got their second shot on goal of the game. And, and despite that, Knoxville was in it. And so Knoxville had opportunities that it didn't take advantage of after they cut the deficit to one with Brett Outerkirk's second goal of the night. Knoxville had an opportunity to two opportunities on the power play in the third period to tie the game, didn't take advantage. Zane Steves made a, a couple of really good saves. But it, it I, I think any team would say, you know, you'd prefer to have 6D instead of 5. And so that's an area where you feel like, uh, maybe some ground could have been made up there, but I also think the defensive breakdown that led to the fourth goal is something that Knoxville would have liked to have had back. The, the unfortunate redirect that splits the pads of Tom Auburn and then an odd deflection right there at the beginning of the second period. So you get two unfortunate bounces in about a 90-second span of real hockey when you look at the end of the first period to the beginning of the second period, and it, it's just hard to come back from that when you give up two goals in 90 seconds of ice time. And especially when they're both kind of a little bit wonky. I mean, it was a really nice redirect tip on the first one by Frederick Wink for him to get his second goal of the season. But then the goal by Matthew Cloutier, just a really awkward bounce that just popped over Auburn's right shoulder. And and so those are the sort of things that just sometimes don't go your way. Just like Friday night, I thought on Saturday, Knoxville started to take control of the game again. They gave up that goal early, which... Uh, you could tell the de- the defense was really frustrated about, but then when Outerker got that second goal, which was set up by a, a great play by Jagger Williamson and Justin McDonald on the forecheck, and, and that's an area where I, I think Knoxville could be really good this season because we saw a great play by Nick Price to set up Knoxville's fourth goal on Friday, makes a really hard shoulder check into the boards, frees up the puck. Evansville kind of has to close in on him. He makes a phenomenal saucer pass to Brady Florent to set up that backhand finish by Brady and that ultimately puts the game out of reach for Evansville. And then on Saturday, you have Justin McDonald going into the corner and fighting. And, and this is something that Brent Clark has emphasized really in, in both of his pregame interviews that we've had talking about his captain, McDonald, about how, look, he played for me last year in Watertown, so I don't want anybody to think, oh, he's, he's a FPHL guy. Justin McDonald has a ton of experience in the FPHL, the SPHL, the ECHL. He's played in a lot of places. He's been a captain before. He's got four points in two games. It's a long season. Don't want to overreact to anything, but he he has continued to make plays when Knoxville has needed him to in two games. When the Ice Bears were down two to nothing on Friday, he came up with a big goal with 12 seconds left to go in the second period that helped get the momentum back. On Saturday, he had three assists. And I, I think that play that led to the third goal to set up Brett Outerkirk just a really impressive forecheck by Knoxville. And so that's an area where if, if Knoxville is able to make it difficult for opposing teams to break out of their own zone, and you've got guys like Brady Florent, Dino Balsamo, that are really, really good at creating defense into offense, especially on takeaways in the attacking zone, then they turn those into goals in a hurry if you remember them doing that a lot last year. So I was I was really impressed with what Knoxville was able to do ultimately. You would have loved to have gotten the, got the win in game two, but... 
you, you still got 54 more games to, uh, to play, so a lot of hockey left to go in the season. Also, some roster news. If you missed it on social media, Andrew Ballot's back. So you have another player from last year's roster that has returned to Knoxville for the 2022-23 season. It, it seemed like, from what I was being told by some of the other guys in the locker room, that he was having a, a pretty solid camp and a pretty solid preseason up in Indy. Uh, he played 13 games for the Fuel last year, and then they signed him over the offseason. They ultimately decided to let him go. Uh, so hate that for him from an ECHL standpoint, but obviously very happy to have Andrew Ballant back. He seemed to enjoy playing in Knoxville last year. Obviously, the chemistry that he has with Balsamo. I, I have not confirmed with Brent Clark if they are going to play on the same line again this year. But as you all saw, when those two were on the same line last year, they made a lot of magic happen, especially offensively. And you know they've played together for a long time. They played juniors together. They played at Adrian together in college. They spent a lot of time on the same line last year together. Uh, they they kind of you know rib each other a little bit. You, you heard Dino's interview on Friday where talking about how he, he would go out hunting with Ballant and then it wouldn't catch anything. Ballant would blame him for it. And it's just it, it's just funny with those two guys. So uh, uh, they would gag each other last year on on interviews and stuff. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun with Ballant coming back and hopefully to see a lot of offense. And who knows? We'll, we'll see how the lines shake out. And Brent Clark is going to have to make a decision on where exactly he wants Andrew to play. But if he and Balsamo are on the same line, well, we could have some fun this weekend. So the Ice Bears are getting ready to host Fayetteville. It is Medieval Night and the Costume Contest. So be sure to come on out for that. The kids that come out dressed up are going to be able to participate in an on-ice costume parade just like they did last year. So make sure that you bring the whole family, have the kids dressed up, ready to go. There are going to be performers from local and area um, staging companies, uh, LARPing uh, troops and Renaissance fairs that are going to be coming out. They're going to be passing out candy to kids uh, before the game in the plaza and in the arena around the concourse. There is going to be the Dutch and Duchess of Appalachia. There is going to be a throne set up for them so you can come by and take pictures and a knight with a full suit of armor. So that is something that you definitely don't want to miss out on. Plus, there is going to be an on-ice battle during the first intermission. So a lot of fun happening. And then on Saturday... Be sure to check out Union Place Bar and Grill for the road game watch party as the Ice Bears head to Birmingham to take on the Bulls. That's a game that's going to be very interesting. Obviously, a couple of notable former Ice Bears, especially from last year's squad, now playing for the Bulls. You've got Stefan Brucato, the former Ice Bears captain, Stepan Timofeyev, who was one of the most electrifying players for Knoxville last year. Could be a very compelling matchup on the ice as the Ice Bears get ready to take on the Bulls this upcoming Saturday. And of course, all of our games are available on the flagship station for the Knoxville Ice Bears, 105.1 WKCE. You can listen to the games on your radio dial, your 105.1 FM frequency. You can check them out on the WKCE app, the WKCE website, and you can actually just download the Knoxville Ice Bears game day app for your phone, click the Listen Live tab, and it will take you straight to WKCE so you can listen immediately. Uh, shout out to my parents. They uh, came to their first Ice Bears game together. My dad took me to a game when I was like 12 years old. Um, I don't think he was paying attention to the hockey, I'm <laughs> being quite honest. But uh, it was 18 years ago, so so I, I don't know if it really counts. But they actually listened to the broadcast in the Coliseum while they were sitting in the stands. And they said that the latency was actually not too far behind. So just some food for thought. They said they really enjoyed it. They said it worked. So 
If you are at the game this Friday night, pull up the Knoxville Ice Bears game day app and check it out. Put your headphones in and see if you can hear the broadcast. Have some fun there as well. But enjoy the game however you choose to. So many ways to have fun when you come to the Knoxville Civic Coliseum for a hockey game. Come for the fun. Stay for the hockey. That's the Knoxville Ice Bears way. Thank you again for checking out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. Again, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating and review. Like, subscribe, follow. However you listen to your podcast, make sure to do it for the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. And we will talk to you next time after the Ice Bears take on Fayetteville on Friday, Birmingham on Saturday. I'm Joel Silverberg. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast.